Well, this morning I'm super excited because we're going to begin a brand new series together today entitled One Church, One Vision. And I told you last Sunday that today we're going to be making a very special announcement, one of the biggest announcements that we've made here at Liberty Church literally in years. And we are very excited about that. And so you got to wait till the end of the message to hear the announcement, okay? So y'all just hold on, hang in there with me because we're going to go somewhere today. But this morning we're going to begin a four-week series entitled One Church, One Vision. And we're going to talk basically about who we are, why we exist, where we're going, and how we're going to get there. And we're going to kind of weave those four thoughts over the next four weeks uh, as we kind of talk about the vision and the mission of Liberty Church and why we are here and why you are here and what God wants to do as a result of us coming together under the banner and under the name of His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So Proverbs chapter 29 verse 18 says this. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. The word perish literally means to cast off restraint. So let me flip this over for you. So if there's no vision, you cast off restraint. Then when you have a vision, you have divine restraints. When you have a vision for your life, there are divine restraints over your life. And as we talk about corporate vision over the next few weeks, I want to challenge you. Everything we're going to talk about corporately applies personally and individually to your life. Because one of the greatest challenges I see as I talk with people, the average Christian does not have a vision for their life. The average Christian does not have God's vision for their life. And I want to encourage you to begin to take what we're talking about over the next four weeks and allow what we're talking about corporately to be downloaded individually and personally into your life and grab hold of God's vision for your life. Because this is what I found out. I found out that my vision, God's vision for my life, connects me to his vision for your life and connects me to his vision for the local church, right? God has actually joined us together for his glory. And when you have a vision, the Bible says where there's no vision, we cast off restraints. So when you have a vision, there will be divine restraints. There will be divine parameters over your life, right? If you get a financial vision to get out of debt, then all of a sudden there are some divine parameters that say, no, I can't buy that. No, I can't charge that. No, I can't spend that, right? Because you've got a vision for your life. When you have a vision for your family, a vision for your personal life, all of a sudden there are divine parameters where you have some holy yeses and some holy noes that govern your life. Well, let me just say to you today, I don't know if you know this, if you've been here for any amount of time, you probably discovered it. You are a part of a church that is filled with vision. Liberty Church exists by the vision of God, and we are on purpose about doing what God has called us to do. As a matter of fact, uh, this July the 5th will be our 20th anniversary. 20 years ago, July the 5th of this year, amen, come on, we opened the doors of Liberty Church. We were in a little storefront building, just a handful of people, three couples coming together under the direction and leadership and vision of God to birth into existence what would be called Liberty Church. And uh, I was pastoring a Methodist church at that time before we started Liberty. And as I was pastoring that church, I came to a transitional point in my life personally. And I began to seek the Lord, God, what is your vision and your direction for the next season in my life? I really felt like that where Kelly and I had been for six years, we were coming to the end of what God had called us to do. And I said, God, what is your vision for the next season of our life? And as I began to pray and ask the Lord for his direction, God spoke to me by the Holy Spirit. He said, Keith, I want you to start a new church. And I immediately rebuked the devil. 
right? Said, get behind me, Satan, that can't be God, right? And I began literally to have this discussion with the Lord. I had this conversation with God. I said, Lord, why in the world do we need to start another church, right? Most of the churches in Arab, Alabama, we got a church on every corner, and most of the churches are empty. So why don't we just fill up the churches we got? That was my argument. And so I began to have that discussion with the Lord, just very real, very candid. Lord, why don't we just fill up the churches we got? I mean, I'm pastoring a small church. We're not full. We got room to grow. Why don't we just fill up the churches we got instead of starting a brand new church? And so after a couple months of prayer and discussion, I finally came to the point. I said, okay, God, if this is what you want me to do, I'm going to do it. But I just need you to answer one question for me, God. I need to know why. Why do we need another church? Why do we need another church, specifically in Arab, Alabama, a huge town of 8,500 people? Why do we need another church? And in my quiet time, I read 1 Samuel 22-2, and it's on the screen for us this morning. The Bible says, And David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adalom. So when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. And everyone who was in distress and everyone who was in debt and everyone who was discontented gathered to him. So he became captain over them, and there were about 400 men with him. When I read that scripture, all of a sudden God said, Keith, that's the reason why. Now, you might read that scripture and look at verse 2 and say, oh, my gosh. Everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented gathered themselves to David, and he became captain over them. Why in the world would anybody want to be captain over such a motley crew of people? <laughs> But when I read that scripture, the Holy Spirit quickened it to me very clearly and very powerfully. And God said, Keith, this is why I want you to start a new church. Number one, people are in distress. He said, people are in distress. He said, there is a whole culture of people living under the distress or the oppression of the enemy. And they are not finding the freedom and the hope that my son Jesus purchased for them on the cross. He said, people are distressed by the oppression and, the oppression and torment of the enemy. And they are not finding freedom and hope. He said, I want to create a place where people can find the freedom and the hope of Jesus Christ to break the chains of oppression that have distressed and distorted and tormented the hearts and lives of men, women, boys, and girls, many for generation after generation. I want to set the captives free. The second thing he said is the Bible says there that everyone who was in debt came to David. And he said, Keith, he said, do you realize how many people are out there? He said, they are saved and they've been set free and they want to serve me. They are indebted to me. They have a passion and a desire to serve me, but they are not finding a place where they are being equipped and trained and released to use the gifts and the callings that I have for them. He said they have a passion, they have a vision, they have a desire, but nobody is teaching, training, and equipping the body of Christ to do the work that I've called the body of Christ to do. He says, so I want you to create a place where those who have been saved and set free can be trained and equipped to do what I've called them to do. And then last but not least, he said, and everyone who was discontented gathered themselves to David. He said, Keith, do you know how many people are discontented? They are fed up with the idea that church has become a Sunday morning social gathering. Amen. 
He said people are not looking for another, another religious ritual. They are looking for something that is bigger and greater and grander than themselves. They are discontented because they believe that there is a great vision, a God vision for our lives and for our world and for our community. And they want to connect their, their hearts to something that is greater and grander and bigger than anything they've ever imagined before. They're not looking for a Sunday morning social gathering. They are looking to be connected to something that is real and genuine and connected to heaven and earth so that they can make a difference with their lives. And God said, that's why I want you to start Liberty Church. So 20 years ago in a little storefront building, Kelly and I and two other couples stepped out in faith with little to nothing and said, we believe God has called us to start a church for those who are distressed, those who are indebted, and those who are discontented. And if you'll be honest with yourself, you're here today because you fall into one of those categories. Almost every person in this room here today is here at Liberty Church today because somewhere along maybe you were distressed and you needed to find freedom. Maybe you were indebted and you needed to be equipped. And maybe you were discontented and you wanted to be connected to something bigger than yourself. And you're here today, why? Because God birthed the church into existence to create a place for you to connect your heart to him and join our hearts to one another for the greater good and greater glory of his name's sake. Habakkuk chapter 2. The Bible says this, And the Lord answered Habakkuk and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that reads it. And the vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. And if it seems slow in coming, wait patiently for it, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Look at the proud. They trust in themselves and their lives are crooked. But the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. Verse 3 says the vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming. How many know sometimes God seems slow? <laughs> Am I the only one that thinks that? Man, I don't know about you guys, I'm always in a hurry, right? But if it seems slow, look what God says, wait patiently for it, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. 18 years ago, we started the church 20 years ago, but 18 years ago, I want you to see this. Look at that next point on your outline. 18 years ago, when we were 80 people meeting in a storefront building, 18 years ago, we were 80 people meeting in a storefront building. We were in our second building. We started out in a little storefront building. We outgrew it in about six months, and then we moved to another storefront building. And so we were about two years old as a church. There were about 80 of us gathered together worshiping the Lord. And uh, God spoke to us 18 years ago and gave us five things, five specific things that we wrote down 18 years ago that we felt like God had called us to do as a church to help us fulfill the mission and the vision of Liberty Church. If you back up, I did skip a point. All you note takers are going to be hitting me up after church. Let's back up to that. You guys were right on the money, right? So the vision of Liberty Church, right, is simply this. We kind of boiled it down to this simple thought and this idea. Our vision is simply to reach out and raise up. Right, we want to reach out into a broken, hurting world, people that are distressed, people that are discontented, and people that are indebted, and we want to raise people up in their full potential of Jesus Christ. The Lord actually spoke to me. He said, Keith, I want you to reach the people nobody else wants to reach, and then I'll send you the people everybody else wants. If you'll reach the people nobody else wants to reach, I'll send you the people everybody else wants. Why? Because God wants to reach people. How many know God loves people? 
And so our vision, we boiled it down, right? We took that being distressed and being indebted and discontented. We said, you know what? We want to reach out and we want to raise up. We want to reach out in a broken, hurting world and we want to raise people up into their full potential in Jesus Christ. So 18 years ago, we can go back to that slide now. 18 years ago, 80 people in a storefront building pinned down five things that we felt like God had called us to do, five ways that we could fulfill the vision of reaching out and raising people up into the potential and fullness that God has for them. So let's look at those five things this morning. The first one was simply this. God said, I want you to build North Alabama's greatest church. North Alabama's greatest church through discipleship, evangelism, worship, prayer, and outreach ministries. I want you to build North Alabama's greatest church. Now, immediately when the Holy Spirit spoke that to us, he said, I did not say biggest church. How many know bigger is not better? How many know better is better? One of the core values here at Liberty Church is we are committed to doing what we do better, right? We are committed to doing the best thing we can do and doing it better, right? Bigger is not better, better is better. And God said, Keith, the goal and vision of Liberty Church is not to build a big church. The goal and vision of Liberty Church is to build a great church. And then he gave us five things that he said qualify and classify a church, making a great church a great church. And this is what makes a great church a great church. Number one, it's discipleship. Right, he said, I want you to equip people. I want you to train people. I want you to disciple people. Evangelism, right? He said, I want you to evangelize. A great church is not only a discipling church, not only a church that makes disciples, that makes disciples, but a great church is a church that has a focus on evangelism. What you may or may not know is that for years now, we have been strategically working through a map of our city. And every three months, we have a team of people through our growth training track that go out and knock on doors. And we have strategically been knocking on doors in Arab, Alabama with the intention that we want to knock on every door in Arab, Alabama and share the gospel with every person that lives in this city. And we have strategically been doing that every year. We are purposely training people how to share their faith and lead their family and their friends into a personal relationship with God. Why? Because you can't be a great church unless you're discipling people, and you can't be a great church unless you're evangelizing, reaching people. He said the third characteristic of a great church, he says, is a great church has an emphasis on worship. Man, we love to worship God in spirit and truth. And we, did, we decided years ago that we're going to create worship experiences where people can connect their hearts to Jesus Christ. We do three different venues of worship on Sunday morning. Why? Because we want to create a place for people to connect their hearts to God. There's something powerful about worship. The first Sunday night of every month, we have a night of worship and prayer where we just come in and recklessly abandon ourselves in worship and prayer to the presence of God. Why? Because a great church is a worshiping church. How many know he's worthy of worship? And we were created to worship. The fourth thing is prayer. Prayer makes up the foundation of all that we do. We are a praying church. We pray through, pray about, and surround everything that we do in prayer. Not only do we have prayer groups and prayer teams that are praying and covering our services every Sunday and every weekend, every Tuesday and every Friday at Celebrate Recovery, but we're coming together consistently as bodies and teams of believers praying and interceding for our city. Why? Because prayer changes everything. And then last but not least is an outreaching church. He said, Keith, if you're going to be a great church, there's going to have to be discipleship, there's going to have to be evangelism, there's going to have to be worship, there's going to have to be prayer, and there's going to have to be outreach. Why? Because one of the greatest challenges facing churches is that every church starts with an evangelistic passion and zeal. 
But after a few years, churches have a natural tendency to, to shift their focus from reaching out to focusing in. And he said, Keith, if you're going to be a great church, you've got to keep an outward focus. We've got to continually be reaching out into the community, touching people with the message and the hope of Jesus Christ. And so I want you to understand that 18 years ago, when we pinned this down, God said, I want you to build a great church. Not a big church, a great church. We're one of the biggest churches in Arab, but you know what? We're not interested in seeing how big we can get. We're interested in seeing the greatness of God that we can declare to our nation. Why? Because a great church makes a great impact on the city and community that it is planted in. Years ago, when I was pastoring at the Methodist Church, the Lord asked me this question. He said, Keith, if you were to shut down the doors of your church today, other than the 60 to 70 people that attend your church, would anybody in the community notice? And the tragic answer to that question when I was pastoring that small Methodist church was no. Nobody would notice. If we shut down the doors of that church when I was pastoring that church, those 60 to 70 people, the only people that went there, they were the only ones that would have noticed if we shut down the doors of the church. Why? Because the church was not reaching out and was not raising people up into their potential in Christ. But I can tell you this today, with all confidence and boldness, if we were to shut down the doors of Liberty Church tomorrow, Arab Alabama would groan and travail. This city would know that Liberty Church no longer was in existence. Why? Because a great church makes a great impact on the city that God has called it to be planted in. Amen? The second thing God said is not only we want to build North Alabama's greatest church, but we said we want to build campfire, a place where we can reach young and old people alike with the gospel of Jesus Christ through retreats, conferences, and outings, a place where fun and faith comes together to change lives. Now, when we wrote that down, we were two years old as a church. We had purchased this 34 acres of land, and there was nothing here. This was 34 acres of undeveloped property, 34 acres where there was no building, there was no barn, there was no pavilion, there was no parking lot, there was nothing. 34 acres of undeveloped property. But when we purchased this land, we had a vision that we were going to build campfire. Fire stands for fervent in reaching everyone. We were going to build a place and we were going to be fervent in reaching everyone. Young people, old people, and everyone in between, we wanted to see come to know Jesus in a real and a personal way way. 18 years ago, with 34 acres of undeveloped land, we pinned down, we're going to build campfire, a place where we can reach young and old alike with the gospel, through retreats, through conferences, through outings. Last year alone, let me just tell you this, last year we had three encounter retreats here. Last year we had three re-encounter retreats here. Last year we had three conferences here. We had a family conference. We had a leadership conference. We had a prophetic conference here. Last year we had a kids crusade here. Last year we had youth camp here. Last year we had an Easter extravaganza outreach here. We had our family uh, fun days here. We had our fishing rodeo here. We had outreach events. And two years ago, when we wrote this 18 years ago, we had no dream or vision of having church out here. We just wanted to build an outreach center. But two years ago, God moved us out here. And we started having Sunday morning services out here. And let me just give you a number. I wrote it down so I wouldn't mess it up. Last year, 2017, on Sunday mornings here at Liberty Church, we had 117 people make decisions to make Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. 117 people <clears throat> that gave their heart to Jesus Christ. And that's a small segment of what God is doing. But I want you to begin to see 18 years ago, 
when nothing you see, because one of the greatest challenges that happens is people come to our church every day and they walk into this and they don't realize where we've come from. I want you to understand 18 years ago, this facility was a dream in the heart of God. And it was an undeveloped piece of property, but God is faithful. How many know God's faithful? Amen. The third thing that we wrote down, we said not only we want to build Camp Fire, but we want to build a training center. A training center that will equip the body of Christ to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We now have, here at Liberty Church, we have a Bible college campus. You can actually, through ICM, International, Bible, International College of Ministry, you can get an accredited Bible college degree. You can get a theology degree. You can get a ministry degree. You can get a counseling degree. You can get a prophetic ministry degree right here at Liberty Church through our Bible college campus here at ICM. Not only do we have a Bible college, but we also have strategic training. We call it our grow track. Right, our Grow Track is the 30-week discipleship program here at Liberty Church that is intended to equip and empower you to step into the gifts and callings that God has for your life. Last year, we had over 120 people go through our encounter retreat. We had uh, over 77 people uh, complete the Grow One class. We had 39 people last year graduate uh, from our Grow Track, and that is just a little bit of what God has begun to do. This past week, I actually had an opportunity. I was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I had an opportunity to train 24 pastors and churches on how to do discipleship like we do discipleship in Arab, Alabama. You also don't know, praise God, come on. You also don't know that we are in the process right now, this fall, we are going to be publishing. Uh, our first discipleship training workbook. We got a meeting today after church, and we're going to do some finalizing of some things. We've got an awesome Grow Track team uh, that's under Brother Curtis and Diane's leadership doing an awesome job. But we're going to be publishing uh, our discipleship material. I've got 54 churches standing in line waiting for that training manual to be released so we can put it into their hands. Churches all over the nation are waiting to be trained and equipped by Liberty Church in Arab, Alabama. Because 18 years ago, we had a vision to create a training center that would equip people to do what God has called them to do. Not to mention the fact that last year we had mission teams in Uganda, Guatemala, and Belize training pastors and leaders literally around the world. Amen. The fourth thing God said, not only do I want you to build North Alabama's greatest church campfire training center, but I want you to build a ministry center that will help those that are struggling get back on their feet and find the future and the hope that God has for them. Our downtown campus is now our outreach center here at Liberty Church. And what you may or may not know is that before we actually had our first building, three families that were coming together, tithing together, we made a commitment 20 years ago that we're going to tithe on the tithe. 10% of everything that comes into our church, we're going to put back out into our community to help those that are struggling to meet the temporal needs that are in their heart and their life so we can open a door to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want you to understand every week when you give, 10% of everything you give goes back out into our community to equip and empower and minister to people that are struggling, that are, that are battling just to get through one more day. People that are trying to just to keep their head above water. 
And you might say, well, Pastor Keith, there's a lot of people out there working the system. You're exactly right, there are. But there are also a lot of hardworking people that are doing everything they can do just to get by. And if they're sick and they miss one day of work, they don't have the money to pay the electric bill or the water bill, or they don't have the resources to put food on the table that next week for their kids. And praise God, there is a church in Liberty and Arab, Alabama called Liberty Church that is committed to having a ministry center where those who are struggling can find financial help day in, day out, day in, day out through this body of Christ here in Arab, Alabama. Not only are we doing our daily outreach, but literally, literally, we, we give away coats every year. We have our Christ coats for kids. When winter begins to set in, we'll give away kids coats to kids that don't have a coat for winter. Every year we do what's called soul to soul. We give brand new shoes to kids. We're about to be doing this in just a couple months before school starts back up. Kids that can't afford a new pair of shoes to go back to school in. We're going to put a brand new pair of shoes on their feet. We're going to pray with them and with their parents. And we're going to tell those kids, we're going to look them in the eye and say, every time you put these shoes on, remember that God loves you. Every time. Not only are we doing that, we also do a Christmas outreach where we're every Christmas we're ministering and partnering with the Christmas Coalition and local ministries here uh, in our church and in our community to make sure those that need help are getting the help that they need. We also have a monthly food box program. The first Saturday of every month, we distribute about 30 boxes of food. Every person that receives a box of food, not only they get a box of food, they get a letter inside that box that has a word of encouragement, scripture and prayer and encouragement that points them and connects them to Jesus Christ. Every person that gets financial help and aid through Liberty Church, we have an awesome counseling ministry team. If somebody receives financial aid from the church, they have to sit down with a counselor. And I was talking with one of our counselors this morning. She said in the, this, this year she's prayed with five people to accept Christ and four people that have recommitted their life to Christ. As they were coming in to get financial aid, they actually got spiritual help. Not only do we counsel people that are getting financial aid, but we actually have a whole branch of Christian ministry. We have Liberty Christian Counseling. We have, we have uh, trained, educated, qualified counselors that minister to the broken and the hurting. They deal with people that are battling depression and suicide and anxiety, people that are overcoming grief, walking through divorce, people that are just struggling with life in general. We have a whole Christian counseling ministry team that offers their services 100% free to the community. Why? Because 18 years ago, God said, I want you to create a ministry center that will help people that are struggling find the future and the hope that God has for them. Number five, the last thing he said, he said, I want you to build a recovery center for those who are recovering from hurts, habits, and hangups, providing them with the support they need to start over and succeed in life. 18 years ago, we'd never heard of Celebrate Recovery. But 18 years ago, God said, I want you to start a recovery center. I want you to help people that are struggling, that are battling, dealing with some of the greatest needs and deepest issues that are confronting our city, our community, our nation, and our world. And as a result of that, right now, we have Celebrate Recovery. Pastor Rick and Dusty lead our Celebrate Recovery ministries every Tuesday, every Friday night. Every Tuesday, every Friday night. We have teams of people that are ministering. We have a free meal. We have worship. We have the word. We have a small group support system where people can find the support and love and encouragement that they need to overcome the hurts and hangups of their past and move forward in the future and hope that God has for them. 
Every week, people are experiencing the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. Just three weeks ago, we were invited by the Albertville Work Release Program. The judges, the, uh, the, the director of the Work Release Program came to us and ad- addressed Pastor Rick and said, hey, could you come into the Work Release Program in Albertville and start a Celebrate Recovery on Thursday nights? And so now we're going on Thursday nights doing Celebrate Recovery at the Work Release Program. Over 100 people that live there. And they say, we want to open this up. And we got a team of people that are going in there every Thursday. So now every Tuesday, every Thursday, and every Friday night, Celebrate Recovery is ministering to the hurting and the broken, helping them find the healing and the grace that only Jesus Christ can bring. Almost five years ago, we opened the Men's Sunshine House, a house that would house 20 men whose lives are being restored and put back together. I am so grateful and thankful for the Sunshine House. My son-in-law is one of the first graduates that came out of the Sunshine House. I can testify to you today of the fruit of Jesus Christ, of what God will do through a home that is committed to restoring, creating structure and support in people's lives so they can forever be Changed. A year ago, a little over a year ago, we opened the Sunshine House Women's Home with a facility to house 14 women. We graduated our three first graduates after the first of this year. And God is moving mightily to see the hearts and lives of men and women put back together by His grace and by His mercy. How many know God's faithful? I wish I had all the time to tell you all the things that God was doing as a result of what is happening through your life and through your giving and through your support, but I'm going to stop right there. So I want to ask a question today. Here's a million-dollar question. So what do you do when you fulfilled your vision? 18 years ago, everything God said he wanted us to do, guess what? We're doing. We're doing at a level beyond probably anything any of us 18 years ago could have even begun to imagine. So what do you do when you fulfilled your vision? What do you do if we exist to reach out and raise people up? Then what do you do when there are no more places for people to fulfill their calling? See, one of the things we settled years ago is we want to always make room for God and we want to always make room for people. So what do you do when you fulfilled your vision? What do you do when you no longer have places for people, right? Because there's only so, only so many pastors we need, only so many worship leaders you can have, only so many positions that you can fill in one church, in one place, in one location. So what do you do when you fulfill the vision and you've got to make room for more people? The answer is the next point on your screen. It's really simple. You multiply. You multiply. Because a great church is a multiplying church, right? When you fulfill the vision and you are committed to making room for people to fulfill the gifts and callings that God has for them, what do you do? You multiply. You begin to make room for more people to do what God has called them to do. Genesis chapter 1, God gave the first commandment he ever gave to humanity. He said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and govern it. Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. So what's the next step? Here it is. What's the next step? For Liberty Church. The next step in our vision is one church, one vision, multiple locations. One church, one vision, multiple locations. So look at this next point. So here's our next step. Target date, Easter 2019. We're going to open Liberty Church, Holly Pond. Liberty Church, Holly Pond Campus. 
We're going to break ground on a new place, on a new season, a new community. And you might be saying, Pastor Keith, of all the places in the world that we could go, why in the world would we go to Holly Pond, Alabama? Well, you come back next Sunday and I'll tell you. What do you do when you fulfilled your vision? How many of you know that a faithful God requires faithful people? And when you've done all you can do in the place you've been called to do it, you have to multiply. Why? Because we are committed to making room for God and making room for people to do what God has called them to do. So let me give you a save the date real quick. It's on your outline, save the date, and then I'm going to give you one final thought. And if you're a note taker, you probably realized I missed one point. I didn't miss it. I skipped it on purpose. Let me give you a target date. I mean, give you a, give you a save the date. June the 10th. I want you to save the date, mark your calendars, June the 10th, 6.30 p.m. We're going to have a special, what we're calling an interest meeting. We're going to have a special meeting that night for anyone that is interested in how can I be a part of the Holly Pond campus? How can I be a part of this next step in God's vision? I want everyone to come, but specifically, if you say, I want to specifically be a part of what God is going to be doing in Holly Pond, Alabama, through Liberty Church, 2000, April 2019 of next year, then I want you to go ahead and mark your calendars and plan on being there. We're going to have some opportunities. We're going to have some more details. We're going to have some opportunities for you to commit and make a commitment to get involved in what God is going to do in Holly Pond. One church, one vision, multiple locations, and every one of us have a part to play in that plan. Amen? So let me give you our final thought right here. Years ago, God said this to me. He said, Keith, don't use the people to fulfill the vision. Use the vision to fulfill people. We were early on in the first few years of the church, and we had this great big old vision. I just shared it with you. Five things God had called us to do, and we were so small and so little, and I remember crying out, God, send us people, send us people. We need people to fulfill the vision. We need people to fulfill the vision. We need people to fulfill the vision. The Holy Spirit checked me and rebuked me. He said, Keith, never use people to fulfill the vision. Use the vision to fulfill people. So I want you to understand something today. I want you to understand that God created the vision of Liberty Church for you. God created the, liber the vision of Liberty Church for you. God birthed this vision into existence. Why? Because God wanted to create a place that you could find the fulfillment and the purpose that He has for your life. And my challenge to you is to consistently and continually ask God, Lord, what is my part and how can I play it? What is my part and how can I play it? What is my part and how can I play it? God, I want to play my part. I want to fill my place. I want to do the thing you've called me to do. Why? Because it's the vision that fulfills me and it's the vision that fulfills you. God doesn't want to use you to fulfill a vision. God gave us a vision to help you find the fulfillment that you and I can only find when we follow Jesus Christ. So, let me give you one final word. We got one more service, so that means you can't post anything, tweet anything, Facebook anything about A Liberty Church, Holly Pond, until after 12.30 today. Okay, so you got to sit on your secret for just a few more minutes, just a little over an hour until we get through our 11 o'clock service and then you could tell the world, hey, did you hear that Liberty Church is going to Holly Pond, Alabama? And you come back next Sunday and we'll tell you why we're going to Holly Pond because God has a plan. How many of you know if what God pinned down 18 years ago came to pass, what God is pinning down now 
will become a reality because he's a faithful God. Let's just bow our heads today. I want to just close with this, and we're going to dismiss today. Maybe you're here this morning, and I know this was a different kind of message and a different kind of service, but maybe you're here today, and you really don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And maybe there's something stirring in you right now that says, I want to know God's plan for my life. It all begins with a personal relationship with Jesus. It all begins with Jesus Christ being your Lord and your Savior. If he's not your Lord and your Savior, then his purpose and plan for your life never comes to fulfillment. So if you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor Keith, today I want to surrender my life. I want to follow Jesus. I want to ask him to forgive me of my past and lead me into the future. And I want to trust him today as my Lord and Savior. I want to ask you to do something really bold but very simple. I want to ask you just to stand to your feet all over this building. Just a simple act of faith. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. But if you'll just simply stand, that simple act of faith says, today I want to make a commitment to follow Jesus. I want to ask him to forgive me of my sins, my past. And I want to ask him to lead me into my future as my Lord and my Savior. If you stand to your feet today, our ushers are going to come. We're just going to put a little packet of information in your hand because we want to help you. We want to help you take those next steps and follow through. So if you're here today and that's a decision that you want to make, right now is your time. Just stand to your feet real quick. Somebody will slip some information in your hand today and we're going to pray over you this morning. Thank you, Father. Well, Father, today we thank you for the vision and mission of Liberty Church. We thank you for the opportunity to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. And we ask you today to show yourself strong in our lives. I thank you for your vision. And I thank you for the fire and the passion that you have given us to do what you have called us to do. And Lord, I thank you that today as we connect to your vision, we find the fulfillment and the hope that we can only receive through your Son, Jesus. And we ask it all today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a great big round of applause. God bless you. We love you. You are dismissed. Have a great day. Amen.